What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Matt Brill here to tell you guys about my friends from Big Friendly Productions. Now, they specialize in creating merchandise for bands, artists, and even lifestyle brands. With their in-house equipment, they can provide shirts, branded hats, and more, as well as some graphic design services. They offer order fulfillment to handle your online orders and ship your merch straight to your fans from their shop. Down in good old Birmingham, Alabama, baby. Now, whether you are getting your first shirt, you're just starting out, or you're going on a 40-show run, hit them up for all your merchandising needs. Check out their website, bigfriendlyproductions.com or shoot them an email, merchandising at bigfriendlyproductions.com. Now we're going to get into the episode. This is Outside the Round with Matt Brill. Also make sure you guys like, rate, subscribe, tell your mama and them. And for more details and uh, to get in touch with the rest of the familia, visit raiserowdy.com. Now let's get into it. Outside the Round with me, Matt Brill, a Raised Rowdy podcast. This is Outside the Round with Matt Burrill, a Rage Rowdy podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Outside the Round with me, Matt Burrill. Today, we have got a very special guest. Our first in a long time non-country guest. Uh, we told you guys when we rebranded to Outside the Round that we were going to be getting guys and girls that span across all different genres of music, that do things outside of music. And today we've got our good friend, Miss Taylor Acorn, a fellow northerner, Hello. native of Pennsylvania. <laughs> and you have been going literally all over the damn world, right? Yeah. It's been kind of crazy. Um, the like, Honestly, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. We got back... Um, I think it was like in the end of June and I, like it still feels like it didn't even happen. And those were like the big festivals they that were like big. as a kid you watch on YouTube. Like I remember watching like Slipknot set at like the Download Festival and yeah. like Rock Am Ring and mm-hmm. like all these big festivals in Europe and yeah. like spending over to like Russia and all over the damn place. Mm-hmm. And it's like you got to actually live that shit. I like, did. It was <laughs> it was unreal. And it's funny you say Slipknot because the very first uh, festival we played was um, – Rock for People, and it was in, like, Czech Republic, and I was scheduled originally to play my slot during Slipknots, and they were the very last band of the night to play, and I was like, there is no way in hell that anybody is going to come watch me if we're playing when Slipknot is playing, and luckily we had somebody who was nice enough to be like, well, hey, you can play after them if you want, where there's a slim chance that like everybody's going to be tired and like want to go back to their tents and stuff or go home. And um, we decided to take that route. And I'm so glad we did because they were the loudest band I've ever. It was the loudest thing I've ever heard in my entire they, life. Do they still have it? I've never seen them live, but I know they've been doing it for years. Like yeah. They, so they still rock. They still they, rock out. They, Corey still does was, his thing. He does. And it was wild, too, because um, their keyboardist, I guess they had let him go literally like the day before. And they had made this big post about it, and they're like, you know, at first it was kind of nice, and then they took it down. And then at that show, they had his mask on, like, a turntable, so it looked like his head <laughs> was on this turntable just spinning around. And there was, like, the new keyboardist, and they're like, oh, who's this guy? But it was it was wild. It was, like, the craziest thing I've ever Must seen. Be, I love festival culture. We mm-hmm. do a lot with, like, with Ray's Rowdy. We go to a lot of yeah. country festivals. So 
Um, we're going to be going to a rock fest. We're going to be going to Louder Than Life this year. Oh, no up, in, up in Kentucky because mm -hmm. we have like a rock segment that we do with Rowdy. We call it Rowdy Alternative. Our boy Sam up in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And um, the big one for us going to that is Limp Biscuits playing. So oh, we're, no big, we're, we're big butt rock guys. <laughs> we love that that 90, from like 97 Listen. to like 2005. Like yeah. Creed, Limp Biscuit, Stained, Puddle of Mud. Dude, yeah, you're All talking our language. Listen, I um. I'm a huge butt rock fan as well. I guess yeah. that's what you would call it. Dad rock. Yeah, butt rock. we I see though I, I did some research. So I used to work in radio too. Okay. I was I was a radio DJ in Jersey mm -hmm. and it was funny, the last station I worked with was like soccer mom radio. No the, way. the moniker for it was today's hits, yesterday's <laughs> favorites, magic, ninety eight point three. So Nickelback. <laughs> oh, it was like it was like Madonna and like Taylor Swift and Bruno oh. Mars and Ed Sheeran. Mm -hmm. And there's my twenty two year old ass on there talking to all these like fifty year old moms on the radio. Like I that's love that. It was Magic 98.3. But um, I got to, um, but like the word butt rock, it comes from the rock stations back in the day. So like MMR out of Philly and mm -hmm. stations like that, it was nothing but rock. Uh, so that's where, that was like the 2000s <laughs> thing. Which where it comes from. Sense. And of course it's spelled, B, we spell it B-U-T-T, -T, like mm -hmm. butt rock, of you know. Um, Nikki T, um, my business partner in Raised Rowdy, was mm -hmm. actually at a festival up in Michigan this week. And we had a tattoo guy up there, our buddy Mike Stoll. And mm -hmm. Nikki got a butt rock tattoo on his butt. I love that. Like it's like it's like a picture of like an ass and then underneath it is the word rock and that's there's like bold. an arrow pointing up. Yeah, that's Nikki T. I it's, love that. It's all a bit. It's all a bit, you know? <laughs> hey, I mean you gotta commit to the bit sometimes. Exactly. So for you, you've been down here since twenty seventeen. Mm -hmm. Um what kind of in like got you to be like, fuck it, I'm oh. gonna make this move down here. Um so I've always loved music, but again, you and I kind of talked about beforehand, like we're both from the North yeah. and um, I'm from a really small town called Wellsboro in like North Central PA. And it's literally an hour to like a mall. Um, we're kind of like closer towards like the New York state border. So like Cornane and Elmira and stuff like that, yeah. but we still had to drive like an hour to get to anything remotely like fun. Um, and, you know, I graduated with a handful of kids like it was a really small school and um no one really played music or made music or anything like that um at least to like the standard that I wanted to you know I wanted to become like a singer songwriter but also being in such a small town and no one really knowing how to do that I kind yeah. of just you know set that whole dream aside and you know I, I went to college and I did that whole thing for a while I ran track and field and tried to navigate my way through all of that and I just always kept coming back to music that was the one thing that could get me through any shitty time that I was going through or like any breakup anything and um so I, I started to take it a little bit more seriously I decided to leave school and my mom at that time had moved to Virginia and um, I was working at Texas Roadhouse and I would go around and I would just like play like three hour sets at like a diner or a bar or something like that. And granted, no one would ever like really show up to watch me. It was like my mom and maybe a handful of friends. And yeah. um, at the same time, I started doing little YouTube videos and I would do covers and, and things like that. And um, a guy who was actually interning at Universal had found me on YouTube um, because I had like one random Taylor Swift cover that just went absolutely viral. It was like when she had taken all of her work off of the internet and oh, you could only it a, buy it. A great time for Taylor Swift yes, covers. Yes, and I did a cover and what happened was somebody like took that cover and they pitched it up and everybody thought it was Taylor Swift when it was really me. I <laughs> yeah. remember going and like 
burning a CD of like Taylor Swift songs is obviously like broke. Don't want to have to buy a whole album. Yeah. I remember listening to it and giving it to my sister and she was like, why does this sound like you? And I looked and it was me. They had just taken my voice and like put like 1989 cover over it and just, you know, acted like it was Taylor Swift. But um, he found me through that. And then he was like really encouraging me to go to Nashville. And at that time, I'd kind of started dabbling with writing. I didn't know if I was any good and I wouldn't really share it with anybody. And then I started like kind of posting videos of my songwriting here and there. Um, a lot of them I would delete because I was just like, so insecure about yeah, it but were you um writing rock stuff or was it country at that I, time i mean like i don't really know because my my wheelhouse and what i've always loved is like rock music and yeah. like pop punk and i grew up you know listening and going to like warp tour so listening to all those warp tour bands like story so far made a parade like all time low all of those bands um and then i kind of found my way into like the deeper rock scene like in this moment and stuff like that which the i don't think I could ever write that kind of music, but I did love it. And so I think like the style of music that I was writing was just kind of like a big mix of all of that. But I think my tone, um, whenever people would listen to it, they would instantly think like country. And obviously, you know, I'm a blonde girl <laughs> and I'm tall and I played the guitar. And of course, like the natural thing is you're like Taylor Swift, you know, <laughs> like you should do this. And so, um, that's kind of, in my brain what I thought I needed to be doing at the time. And so um, when this guy reached out to me and was like really wanting me to pursue music, I everything that I was writing, you know, I would just write in my room at home. I would send it over to him in like a voice memo and then he would send it off to a producer. They'd build the track and then I flew to Nashville eventually and just did my whole like, I guess it was an EP, which was my very first project that I ever put out. That's and awesome. so it was really, it was like very weird how it all happened. And then from then on, I was like, I guess a country artist, you know? Yeah. Doesn't it feel good to now like be doing things that where you're like, you figure, you figure it out. You yeah. take, it takes time being in town, I think, to yeah. figure out mm -hmm. what your sound is, like yeah. who Taylor Acorn mm -hmm. is as an artist. Cause yeah. writing, like there's a lot of folks I think that come down here and they get, they get stuck in the, in the country thing. Mm -hmm. And now Nashville's as much of a rock town. People, yeah. people don't realize that there's a yeah. lot of rock coming out of Nashville, mm -hmm. East Nashville, big rock scene, places like the end, like mm -hmm. marathon music works does a lot of rock shows. Like there is a big rock presence here. Yeah. And there's so many like guys like Aaron Lewis, you were talking about stained, like mm -hmm. there's rock artists, like heritage rock artists that live here now. Mm -hmm. And it's as much a rock town as it is a country town. Like, yeah. so the perfect time for someone like you to be doing what you're doing. I know. I mean, and honestly, I think if there are a lot of times where I like look back and I'm like, damn, I wish I would have just like stuck with what I wanted to do from the beginning. But you're right. Like we moved to a town like this to find our sound and to kind of figure out our own footing and like what we want to say as artists and things like that. And so like for me, you know, I was again, like so fresh to everything. I had no idea about the music industry. I had no idea about like writing music with other people and anything like that. And so I'm really happy that it's happening now because I feel like if it would have happened then, I wouldn't have been able to appreciate it as much as I yeah, do now. Absolutely. And like live through the moments that we've been through, like going to Europe and doing those things. Like I just, it's insane. Like yeah. to yeah. look back on like all of those times and how I even got here to begin with is like insane. 
Yeah, what were you guys traveling around in in Europe? Because I spent a lot of time on the road. I've I yeah. worked up until recently as a tour manager mm -hmm. for for Trey Lewis. So I was out on the road with him in a van, in a bandwagon, in a bus, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And before that, I was out with Muscat on Bloodline selling merch. Mm -hmm. So I've done the touring thing, I've mm -hmm. done the hundred something shows a year, and yeah. gone all around the U.S. But mm -hmm. I've never gone like international. Like so, for you with the touring stuff, is it mm -hmm. like is it a lot of like van touring right um, now? Or it, it was. Um, so it was van touring when we were out there. Um, we were in like a little sprinter. It was crazy because the way everything was set up, we were kind of set up to fail. I won't lie. <laughs> um, we, I, I was working with somebody who kind of was like, go, 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 go. Yes, yes, yes to everything. And we were getting a lot of festival offers. And I mean, it was insane and kind of unheard of for like a person to get that many, like their first time out there. Yeah. And so, um, you know, obviously me, I'm like, hell yeah, I've been wanting to do this like my whole life. I'm ready. And then it came time, you know, as an independent artist too, like I'm kind of footing the bill for everything. Yeah. And it's like yeah. getting closer. We had just gotten off tour too. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is very expensive. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> how are we going to make it from point A to point B? And we only have like set amount of hours and like all of these things. So it was like really stressful. Um, but we, we hit like, um, we were in Prague, like the first couple of days, then we were in Austria. We went to, um, Switzerland, which was amazing. Um, England, we did that. We played a couple shows in London and then we did Germany. I'm trying to think, um, there was a bunch of them, yeah. but we drove through to everything. Yeah. You see, yeah. When you like, there's those videos that just pop up in people's like Instagram algorithms mm -hmm. and it's like this scenic view of like Switzerland and it just, yeah. it looks like it's out of a fucking movie. Like, yeah. is it like that when you're out there too, where it's just, you see these mountains and you're like, how the fuck did I get here? Literally. <laughs> and where, where we played too, um, we played at the Greenfield festival and it's in Interlaken. I don't know if you like have heard anything about that, no. but it was literally like the drive up was insane like the lakes are just crystal clear there's mountains and like waterfalls that are like just coming off of and it's just wild because obviously in Tennessee like there are really pretty spots but nothing like that you know and so um we get to the festival and we are literally in like a valley just surrounded by mountains and it was the most unreal thing I remember just being on stage and kind of getting distracted by like the whole scenery and like forgetting where I was and what I was doing because I was like what is going on this is insane yeah. you know um but the the people are very different there um they're very wonderful but like the culture and everything is just getting used to all of that was really weird yeah, now who'd you have on the road as like a, as like a crew? So you have your band out yes. there with you. And so then... I had my band, um, and then I had my tour manager here from the U.S. She was with us, um, just because she's like she's one of those people where it's like she watches something one time and then she can do it for like the rest of forever. That's that's great to and have in a insane. tour manager. Like yeah. she literally will set up our sound, everything. So she she's got her stuff down. Um, we had gotten um, a tour manager from the UK. So she was with us. And then, um, my boyfriend, he does like photo and video. So oh, he, he came out with us. He was a treat because he, he tours and, and does video and stuff for some artists that are quite bigger than I am. So like for him to come out and like give us his time was really awesome. That's cool. How'd you, mm. how'd you get connected with, how'd you get connected with him? What's the, what's oh the, gosh. what's the romantic story? <laughs> Cause you write a lot of songs that are like of that, like breakup angle, mm -hmm. but then also like, I think I'm in love, which yeah. a lot of people can relate to, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so our story is really funny, Ashley. Um, he is also from Pennsylvania. He's from Johnstown, which is kind of like on the other side. Yeah. Um, 
but um, he he is a really good friends with this guy, Dan, that I write with. They were like college roommates. And oddly enough, when I first moved to Nashville, Dan, the guy that I write with all the time, who's friends with my partner now, um, he was dating a girl that I grew up with, like from my hometown. It was very weird. And so we kind of all got linked up that way. And um, at that time, you know, I was in another relationship, kind of doing my own thing in the country world. I just started like with my publishing and everything like that. So my head was in a completely different space. I think I had met him in like passing super quickly. And maybe he messaged me on Instagram and was like, I heard you did track. We should all go hurdle sometime. And it was, he was actually talking about me going hurdling with him and his girlfriend at the time. What a line. Very weird. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, I just don't know anybody that like ran track. And so I guess he just thought it would be fun if we all like went to the track together or something. And, um, I just remember reading it and kind of just like disregarding it. I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, um, then, uh, fast forward a couple years, um, Dan, uh, his friend, was playing for my band and um I my doll and my boyfriend he had come and he was there to like take photos and stuff like that and I kind of you know met him again and I was like oh this guy's pretty cool and then um you know a couple years went by after that and then um like right before COVID hit I started hanging out with Dan and like his friend group a little bit more and um I saw Dalton. He came into the studio one day and he looked completely different than he did the You're first like, he few times. He looks good. <laughs> he had just got back from Europe too, and he had like green hair and like you know just skater boy aesthetic. Hey, I was like, who is go. this guy? <laughs> and um, I'd asked Dan. I was like, is he single? He was like, yes, he is. And so I kind of I shoot my shot and I slid into him his DMs and. The rest is history from That's there. Awesome. See, yeah, yeah. I'm, see, I'm in a happy relationship myself, and yeah. it started out of the out of the DMs. No way. It was a rea She reacted to one of my stories, That's so awesome. it wasn't intentional. Like yeah. her and I had never really met each other, mm -hmm. and then she met up at funny enough at Tin Roof to oh, watch no watch way. one of our buddies play, and then it started as like a casual thing, and now it's like. Oh shit! That's I awesome. think I'm in love. How want, long have I you guys want... been together? So we started hanging out in November, but no we've way. been together since been like fully together since like middle of April. That's awesome. And now I'm like I'm like going. She's got she's got a little daughter. So Aww. I was like at her kid's birthday party at a trampoline park with That's a bunch awesome. of bunch of screaming five year olds this I weekend. I love that though. It's yeah, but it's it's funny how that works. And you're talking about COVID, mm -hmm. and it's like obviously one of the weirdest times in world history. Mm -hmm. But I feel like so many people found themselves yeah. and like had like for me, I found myself. Mm -hmm. During that time, I moved down here in 2018. I was like bouncing on Broadway and going out on tour with with the Muscadine guys, and mm -hmm. then the world shuts down. I had time to kind of find myself and yeah. then find the friend group that I think I, I needed to be with the whole yeah. time. And I want to be where I'm at right now, mm -hmm. like especially in this room in the the Trey Lewis DM Monday Studios yeah, that's without awesome. COVID. <laughs> so it's like it's funny. Like so for COVID, did you were you down here? Or did you go back to Pennsylvania or like what was your I was here. Like. Um, I was here. It was, um, I had just actually moved into a house with, uh, my best friend, Emma and another artist. And, um, so like we literally, like we had just moved in. We're like, Oh, single girl summer. It's going to be hey. awesome. Like, <laughs> and then, um, one of the girls ended up getting a boyfriend and then obviously I met Dalton again. Um, and yeah, I mean, he and I started talking right before COVID hit and then we got stuck in it together so we stayed here in Nashville and it was really fun I mean I, I won't lie I think we were probably one of the first groups to ever get COVID yeah <laughs> which was kind of scary at the time because like no one really knew what 
was happening. And um, uh, the girl that I lived with at the time, um, she had tweeted about it and Bobby Bones reached out to us and there was like this whole like radio segment and my mom heard it and she was like calling. She's like, oh my God, what's going on? Like freaking I was say, I out. I think I know the artist you're talking about too. I think I know. Is it Kaylee? Yes. Yes. Okay. So yes. I know, I know Kaylee yeah. well too. I know Sam. We had yes. Sam Vargo was one of my one of the last podcasts I did before no COVID. Way. We had him. We aired that I think right around St. Patrick's Day. Mm -hmm. So it was like in between the tornado and COVID. Yeah. In 2019, and Kaylee's first headlining show outside of Nashville or outside of Maine mm -hmm. was in Hoboken, New Jersey. No when I was way. working in the scene up there, that's awesome. And I got to kind of MC and like help out with her first show. That's sick. In in Hoboken. I Maxwell's okay. Tavern in 2017, I want to say. It was like mm -hmm. 16 or 17. Yeah. So that's funny. Small world yeah, shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I heard, I remember, I remember like clear as day, my mom calling me like, oh my God, you have COVID. What's going on? Bobby Bones is talking about it. And I was like, oh no. Um, but we were totally fine and we had so much fun. Like, um, we would like, we lived right on South Street actually at that's the a, time. That's a good spot to it be. It was great. And I mean, my, my roommate... Emma and I, or she was my roommate at the time, my best friend, Emma and I, um, we both skate. And so when it was like completely dead out there, we would just go and skate like music row. And so it was amazing. It was like probably some of the best times in like the worst yeah, time ever. That's how I feel. The last six right? months when I moved back down, because I spent time on my aunt uncle's farm in East Tennessee. I've played mm -hmm. New Yorker living on the farm, building fences and cutting grass and working yeah. with horses and shit. <laughs> it, was, it was a time. It was awesome. But then coming back, I started playing pickup kickball games with people. And there you go. that's how I met. I met Trey, Trey Lewis and mm -hmm. was very involved when, when Dick down in Dallas came out that's and awesome. all that stuff. And it's like, but that last six months, it was just, bonfires at people's houses because right. the bars were closing at 10, mm -hmm. like not being able to do the things, not being, everybody being off the road yeah. and getting to actually hang out with each other yeah. and being able to hang out in small groups with the mm -hmm. small group that you wanted to hang out with. Yeah. Not going to Red Door and playing mm -hmm. the, hey, how you been? Oh, you've been on the road? Oh, I've been on the road. It's just like yeah. the bullshit conversations you mm -hmm. have at Winners and Losers and fucking Red Door and Live Oak and, and Tin Roof, which I love all those places, but it's it's not there's something to be said for just hanging out mm -hmm. with your crew and bonding right in a time where you're kind of stuck yeah i mean our biggest comparison i mean i remember emma and i we had a lot of conversations about it but her and i i mean the biggest comparison was it felt like a summer when we were back in high school yeah like because you know you can't go out and do anything you can't like go out and drink you can't go and like socialize like you usually are able to and i mean it was just like you had to literally make your own fun and we did, <laughs> we did, and we, we really tried to make the best of it. And, and like you said, like surrounding yourself with that group, um, I was very fortunate to have been around a group that we all got sick at the same time. So we were kind of just like, well, we're in this together there now. Go. Let's, so. wa let's watch Tiger King. Right? Here we yeah, are. <laughs> we, I, we did that too. So Joe exotic. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> wild, but, um, yeah, I mean, and, and also too COVID, like as rough as it was, it, it like really really kicked off a lot of artists careers with like tiktok and stuff yeah and i mean i'm i'm proof of it you yeah, know we, same, we were we were doing yeah so what was what was kind of the first your first impression of doing the tiktok thing because i feel like mm. tiktok youtube shorts reels like the short form shit 
you've done very well at that oh, and it's you. and it's and it's awesome <laughs> to watch like the little snippets of the videos or mm -hmm. like the promos and the music that you've put out since mm -hmm. 2020 has really yeah catapulted you to being like this is the artist that i want to be i'm oh, doing i'm doing you. things my way and it's cool to fucking say because I, I remember that. i remember seeing you grind before covid mm -hmm. like i remember seeing seeing your name out there mm -hmm. and seeing you doing the country thing but mm -hmm. you seem so much more comfortable doing the rock oh my thing. gosh so much more it was actually like a battle i won't lie um i did not want to do TikTok. I feel like nobody did. Nobody that was doing music before before COVID mm -hmm. wanted to do TikTok. Yeah. And nobody I'm, wanted to. I'm just like, I'll be completely honest. I am like a baby deer with fresh legs when it comes to social media. Like, I don't know what I'm doing half the time, most of the time. Um, and so, like, for me to also, too, I'm like a very shy person outside of like my career, which is really weird i feel like there's actually a lot of artists that are like that i'm yeah. sure like really introverted but like for me to like put myself out there it, it takes a lot of energy uh and um so that was the thing i was like really nervous about i'm like if i do this like everybody's gonna think i'm so dumb like they're not gonna like what i have to say or what i do and i just i was like i'm not funny enough to like do jokes and things <laughs> and i had no idea really what to do and i know like before COVID had hit i'd kind of dabbled with like the covers and stuff like i had done a john mayer cover and and things and they were really successful but um you know i i had seen a lot of people doing like you know the driver's license covers and like justin bieber and i just didn't i just didn't want to do that i i just didn't want to kind of fall into that um like that cover world again and I just decided one day I was like, I'm just going to deep dive back into like my old music and like my old iTunes, like, you know, playlists and yeah. things like that. And, um, uh, I decided to do a cover of Jamie all over. And when I posted that, it just like skyrocketed everything for me really. And it was like, I think every day after that I had posted a new like stripped down version of an emo cover. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was really wild. And, it got to a point where I had people literally like messaging me, like requesting like a billion songs and it got a little overwhelming after a while, but like, it was really cool. Yeah. When did the original stuff kind of start taking off? What, what song was it of this batch of, of new stuff that we've, that we've seen from you? Cause I know you, oh you put gosh. out, I know coma is the latest single, mm -hmm. but you've had a few means. I feel like, like psycho was a big one. Psycho for you. was a big one. Um, you know, I, because I was really afraid of like the whole like falling into the TikTok cover thing or like the cover artist thing, I did try to like really like mesh my own music in with the covers too. Um, I had a couple songs that I had never released um, that did pretty well um, on TikTok, but I think it it really didn't start until um, I think True Crime because that's kind of when people were like, oh, it's like a mold of like country and emo and yeah. so it was like kind of a new thing and it was like that whole alternative thing and but at that even then like as much as I love that song and it did really well um as like a first single back in everything um it I just still didn't feel right like towing the line between country and and pop punk and I I feel like I just needed to like jump ship yeah and, and go all in and just go all into yep. the pop punk stuff and so yeah um i think then like when we released in my head that was kind of like people were like okay cool she's like a pop punk artist now like this is where you should have been all along you know yeah and um then it just 
it just kind of got crazy after that. And then like psycho and, and all of that stuff and shape shifting, especially yes. is another one. Yep. Um, that's like one of my favorite songs and people fought me on that one. And really? I remember showing, I remember showing like a lot of, a lot of people and it was between psycho and shape shifting and everybody freaked out over psycho. But I, I was like, shape shifting is it. Like, I love this song so much. Yeah. And I don't care what anybody tells me. I'm going to put it out regardless. And, and I feel like that's a song that a lot of people resonate with, yeah. too. I listened to both of those today when I was at the gym. No way. I was on, I was, on, I was, on, I was doing my damn cardio on the level 15 nice. incline at, at three and a half. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm listening to say I got up to four on that. I was sweating my fucking ass Dude. off that I listened to. I love that and the, song. And the energy, the energy in those songs, and I'm sure mm-hmm. it translates over to the, to, the, uh, to the live show. Oh, my God. It's And shape-shifting is, is really cool. Cool. I mean, both of them are like definitely, I would say, out of all of the songs that I play, they're like more fan favorites. Um, but shape shifting is just like it's the moment, it's like going into the last chorus where it's there's no music and it's just like a raw vocal. Like I stop singing and I let them sing. And I mean, this last, I. When we were at Download Festival was actually like probably the most eye-opening um, thing for me because there was probably like seven, eight thousand people in That's that. That's a tent. lot of fucking people. And I think every single person was singing that part. And in another part of the world, hearing your music. Yeah, and it was just it's like crazy. It was insane, and so like I'm I'm really happy that like of all the songs, people love that one and like i've seen so many like so many nights that we've played where like people really just like feel that one and they really get into it and you know they they'll come up to me afterwards and also in like videos into it's not only just like women but it's men and yeah. it's like I mean, kids I'm, and I'm, I'm proof of that I, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a taylor crazy. acorn stan i listen it's to crazy. that shit yeah <laughs> so yeah like I'm, I'm really proud of of that one and i'm really glad that it, it's it's done what it has and it's also still like still hanging on yeah oh it's it's just continuing to grow and that's like the power of Mm. i mean obviously it's it's different now with with streaming but i feel Mm -hmm. like streaming has given so many artists especially on the indie side like yourself yeah an opportunity to be heard Mm -hmm. by the masses around the world and playlisting is so key and i Mm -hmm. I saw you're, you're on you're on quite a few Quite yeah. a few playlists, which that's got to be pretty fucking cool too. It is, and and I won't I won't lie. I had um, I always kind of had like lost hope in playlists because I was like, ah, oh, they're not gonna playlist me, you know. And then um, when when the stuff started taking off on TikTok, I just saw a very organic like crossover from like that platform to Spotify, and I think that's when they're like, okay, wait, something must be going on here. So they started adding me to. Um, some playlists and stuff. And also, too, I think, like, a lot of the curators had no idea where to put me because you look at my Spotify and you see, like, all of, like, the recommended artists and they're all country. Yeah, And so I it's like, that what is yeah. she? Is she country? Is she rock? Is she pop? Like, no one really knew where to put me. So I don't blame them for, like, not knowing, you know, what playlist to stick me on. But I'm very thankful for the, the love that they've shown yeah, me. The I kind of like, I kind of like, I kind of like when an artist like creates his or her own genre. Mm-hmm. Like you see that a lot right now in country. Like a great yeah. example, we had, um, I don't know if you're familiar, do you know the duo Lakeview? Have you seen I, them? I've heard of them, yeah. So they're, they're guys that grew up in the, in the hardcore scene. Yeah, but they like, do like metal, right? Yeah, like the Christian, like hardcore scene, like the okay. straight edge, like guys that are there to just deck somebody in like, in like a Fox's pizza den. Like, like weird. Like red? 
like like the, that kind of band, like that or like the like the what the fuck is up, Denny's, mm-hmm. like that style, like that mm-hmm. world. But now it's like they they blended that with like country, That's and their cool. shows are still like hardcore. Where they're trying, they want the country crowd to do a circle pit. They're they're trying <laughs> to trying to get to that. But it's That's like insane. people ask me, they're like, what what's Lakeview? And I'm like, it's it's Lakeview. It's its yeah, own thing. It's just its like, own thing. It's like if someone asked me, like, what's t- who's who's this Taylor? I'm like, she's doing music her way. It's not country. It's not pop. It's not rock. It's a little bit of a little bit of everything because mm-hmm. there is storytelling within your within your songs. Oh. Where like the where like the songwriter like country stuff. Is mm-hmm. kind of in there, yeah. but the fucking riffs and the grooves and the melodies and the breakdowns uh. <laughs> are sick. Thank you. It's really fucking cool. That. So, did you have you played a lot in town? Like, if you, did you do the the whiskey um, jam thing, the downtown thing at all? Like, were you did, were you ever a Broadway person or? Um, not really. Um, you know, I I would do like writers rounds here and there, and like, you know, I think I a few times I played at like Wild Horse Saloon and stuff, but like. I would usually play outside. Like I, I did um, the circuit where like we'd play like Saddlebags and like we'd oh. go to like Dubuque, Iowa. I know. Like uh, Saddlebags. I've had I've had some times down there. Yeah. Savannah, Georgia <laughs> is a time. The, the one of the weirdest load-ins you'll ever have because you can't park a fucking vehicle no. on that cobblestone mm-hmm. road and you're just in like this basement. Yeah. And those those kids, those guys and girls down there get wild. They're Saddlebags wild. is. And it was so funny because like when I would play there, I mean. I would do a lot of my like original stuff, but we played like pop punk songs. Yeah. Like we we played emo like songs. And um the kids out there, they would go absolutely wild. We had a handful of times where like I would have somebody come up to me and be like, play Cody Johnson, like get mad when I was like, eh no. I, I don't it's not that's not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's not me, sorry. Like you're gonna hear um, you know, the middle by Jimmy yeah. World, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, there, we, we played a lot of pop punk covers and stuff and it was cool because I think like people weren't really expecting that, especially at like a country bar like that. Yeah. Um, and that was always a really fun time also too. Like we'd go ride the bull after and stuff. Oh yeah. (laughs) So Saddlebag, you said Iowa, where else were some other early spots for you? I I think we've done kind of the similar like club mm, circuit, especially in the Southeast and in the Midwest. We do like trying to think like we play in georgia i can't do you ever do athens do you ever do like 40 yes. watt or uh georgia no Theater? we played at like was this... it hedges at the time see like we didn't really play a ton like we would do um like really random things like we played at like this i can't even remember what it's called it's been a minute um but it was like a barber shop that like turned into a theater at night <laughs> kind of thing like a some georgia music shit. Venue. yeah yes and like we would do like little things like that and like just random like one-off things but um like as far as like the touring goes it was always like you know saddlebags or like did you ever go to know? statesboro Mm-mm. never did the blue room nope okay yeah, because that's a place where the pop punk stuff does what. Well. There's rock bands no that go into there, mm-hmm. but because Statesboro is like the home to like where Luke Bryan started and Cole Swindell and yeah. Dylan Marlowe and a lot of these mm-hmm. the South Georgia the, the good old boys the, the country boys. boys. Yep. But there's a lot of like there's a lot of rock love in the Southeast no too and in Georgia. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I mean Atlanta is one of like the best cities to play. Yeah, um, and that one I mean. We always, always, always have a, a really great turnout, and the kids show up and they sing loud. 
Yeah. They do. And it's really fun. But I, you know, it's, it's so different touring in the world that I'm in now versus in country. Um, because now I'm like actually getting hit like the, I guess it would be considered more or less like touring now than it was before when I was in the country world. And so like I'm getting a hit like all of the East coast. Yeah. So so do you have a lot of stuff coming up? I do. So, um, I'll tell you, we have a headlining first headlining tour in November. Congrats. That's fucking awesome. That's got to feel so good from doing the weekend warrior shit and going and playing just random spots where Mm -hmm. you're mixing in a lot of covers to Mm -hmm. these people are paying money and they're buying your merch Mm -hmm. and they're paying to see you sing your songs. Yeah. That's so fucking cool. Thank you. And I mean, we've, we've done a few like support runs. Um, like we did the first, the first real one was like real friends and the home team and with confidence, like those bands was just like, crazy because i was like i literally went from playing country music now i'm like thrown into like the deep punk scene you yeah. know um and then we did like the summer set but um and those were so awesome but i'm ready i think it's been such a long time coming now i feel like it's also really cool because i have a lot of fans from the country days that have stuck with me and like are showing up to like these real friends like tours and these Somerset tours and they're like I've never even heard of these other bands but they stick around and they listen and they're now kind of like incorporating pop punk in their own like playlists and stuff it's really cool that's awesome so um it's gonna be really interesting seeing like what we end up doing for like the headlining stuff it's gonna be a mix of like moshing and crowd surfing and then like country have you you crowd surfed yet (laughs) I haven't, but I do. I mean, my my tour manager, she usually does like oh, the she last just jumps, show. She just jumps. Oh off. my god, she'll just go like, and I'll see her just like flying through like the crowd, and I'm like, you're supposed to be on the side stage. What are you doing? That's awesome. Like, what if like our my guitarist Ricky? I'm like, what if he needs something like his string breaks? He needs his other guitar or something. Like, she's um, just flying I'll see around. Her, yeah, and then like sometimes my camera girl Ellie, she'll like go up and she'll do it too. But um, we get a lot of crowd surfers, which is like. So so I like just get so yeah, excited. That, that, that brings happens. back the nostalgia of being at the Warp Tour. Like, yeah. my uh, my college girlfriend, she was also from Pennsylvania. Because I, yeah. I went to I went to Ryder University, okay, yeah. so right on the right on the Bucks County border. Yep. So mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time going going over to Bucks County, yep. and I got I got um, brought to an all time low concert. It no was all time low, state champs, and issues. And it, issues. It was a and this was twenty. I want to say twenty sixteen. I think. Mm-hmm. 2015, 2016, and I was not ready. I just remember holding my <laughs> holding my girlfriend at the time by her belt loop and like, you're not going Lord. anywhere because I won't see you again. I was gonna say also too, issues is like kind of a wild card in that mix. So like, yeah, and they were the first ones up, and they had like the Pokemon thing going on, like yeah. the Pokeballs, and mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck is this? Because I, I love the heavy riffs. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm a big big rock guy, um, but I work in country. That's what's funny. There's yeah. so much like crossover between rock and country. Like you look mm-hmm. at guys like Hardy that mm-hmm. are doing their shit. Yeah. He's another one I was like really I mean it's so cool to see and also like uh Royal Lynn. Like oh, she's dude, Royal's doing, a badass. She's That's a good a friend badass. of ours. She's a good friend of mine and she's she's really awesome. And and her and I, I mean, we I've I talked with her about a lot of like the country, like the alternative stuff because when I started kind of dabbling in that, she had reached out to me and she, you know, had like done like the Rocket Man song and things like that. And she was telling me, she was like, I wanna do like metal but i want it to also be country and i was like that's really interesting yeah 
but I mean, obviously, like she is doing such a good job with it, and like there is a lane, like there's a lane for everything, and also too, like, like you said, like you're a country guy that loves rock music. There are a lot of country people that love rock music. Yeah, I mean, you see it, and then you see the crossover, and I know she's a co-writer with you, mm-hmm. Cassidy Pope. Yeah, who started out literally as one of the one of the one of the forefathers, mm-hmm. I guess, foremothers of pop punk back with the Hey Monday mm-hmm. stuff and to see where she's at to see then the, the transition the, the transition that she made and now mm-hmm. where she's at where it's like a little bit of a blend of, of yeah. all of it and she's getting to do what she wants to mm-hmm. do like it's it's the time for the the fusion you know it's like yeah. you know a fusion restaurant music is all fusion right mm-hmm. now especially yeah. here in Nashville it's really especially cool. and it's it's just really cool to see and I'm you know if it if it's not me doing it I'm just glad that like there are people that are doing like the country and and like the pop punk yeah there's so many guys and girls that are rock players Mm -hmm. that are now in country yeah like you look at even like like the guys in brantley gilbert's band they're all metalheads the guys that the guys that play even even in trey's band they're Mm -hmm. they're rock guys by trade mitchell timpenny i mean all of those guys were i know like um kyle fishman he was a guy that i used to write at the same publishing company as he did and I mean, they were in metal bands like him, and I know Hardy was. Yep. I know Ernest. All of those guys were in like the rock scene, and they've done. I mean, Mitchell did a feature with State Champs, and yeah. I mean, it's just cool to see like the crossover. It's something that you would like five years ago you would have never seen. Yeah, because like the pop punk scene, like that Warped Tour scene was not cool. <laughs> yeah. But now it's like, you know, I feel like people are they're feeling so much more comfortable and they're like, well, I'm going to bring the music that I like into the music that I make. Yeah, I mean, and look so I mean, really look, cool. look at tomorrow night at Bridgestone. I'm, I'm missing my round. We got, I got my buddy Jadis filling in hosting for me. Mm-hmm. I'll be at Bridgestone for a sold out show of Nickelback. Brantley Gilbert and our boy Josh Ross. That so is it's like so wild. it's like you have you have Josh who's like the mainstream like up and coming country bro out of Canada, mm-hmm. a good friend of ours. Brantley Gilbert, who's like one of the forefathers of like rock and bro country, yeah. and then fucking Nickelback. Like yeah. you would have never imagined a tour like that happening, and for it to be selling like it is, a mixture of country fans and rock fans. Like it's yeah. it's great to see. I'm gonna say this right now too. If anybody that's watching this says you don't like Nickelback, you are a liar. Yeah. You are a liar. There's people that there's people that say they like Nickelback and then there's liars. Oh my god. I freaking love Nickelback. That was one of my the first CDs I ever bought as a kid. I remember I bought them at Target, uh, back when Target had that big, big CD section. That mm-hmm. um Tower Records, um FYE, like you go into those stores and buy your CDs and stuff. And mm-hmm. I remember getting Kenny Chesney, no shoes, no shirt, no problems, and then that. Nickelback for all the right reasons. It was so funny. I was having a conversation with um someone not too long ago and they were asking about like the most underrated bands. And I, I said Nickelback because they were like one of those bands that were like not supposed to be as big as they were, yeah. but they're so huge. And it makes me so happy because I, I still to this day, I remember sitting in the car. I was like, I was like seven or eight years old when like how you remind me came on oh, the radio. Yeah. And I remember watching it on, 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 on MTV and just being like, Oh my God, I love these guys. They're so cool. Chad Kroger's hair with, and the, with his ramen noodle hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know people would always say like that. He's so ugly and all this stuff. I was like, you guys are blind. I loved him. And then when he started dating Avril Lavigne and they got married, I was like, mom and dad, <laughs> that's my mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. So you were, I would imagine Avril Lavigne, a pretty big influence for you. Yeah. Right? She, I mean, for sure, for sure. I think, um, Probably like a little less than I think what people think. Um, I am honestly probably the most inspired by Amy Lee and like Evanescence. So that was like my, I mean, 
I remember getting the Fallen record. I was like eight years old. And like, you you know, back then it was like, you got a CD, you had like a karaoke machine that was half karaoke machine and also CD player. And I would like plug in my little Sony head over the head headphones. And I would listen to that album at like 6 a.m. in the morning, like my tourniquet and stuff. And then yeah. I look back and I'm like, no wonder why I'm like, so dark. <laughs> like, yeah, there were some there were some but, strong female band like female led yeah. bands back then. You look mm-hmm. at Evanescence, obviously Paramore, you look mm-hmm. at Hailstorm, you look at Flyleaf. Yeah. People sleep on, on Flyleaf. Uh, Flyleaf. So Leaf many is fucking so hits. sick. And um, they were it literally so sick. They <laughs> really were so sick. Um but yeah, no, I, I was a huge like I was a huge and still am to this day, like a huge Evanescence fan. And she was they were at download and I missed them by a day and I was so sad. Yeah, who I was were, so sad. yeah of those like lineups that you were at, like those festivals, because mm-hmm. rock festivals and country festivals are different. Like mm-hmm. we went to one festival up in up in Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, in Fort Laramie. It's called it's literally called Country Concert. Very original yep. name. It's been going on for forty two years. The BYOB like mm-hmm. thirty five thousand person festival, mm-hmm. and the lineup's just massive because they yep. do a big side stage there. Mm-hmm. The rock festivals, you have like close to a hundred bands at these things. Like yeah. it's nuts it's with like three or four stages, mm-hmm. and it's just going all day, all night, like mm-hmm. a different world what was like holy shit i'm on the lineup with this band um well definitely like we played a lot of the same festivals that slipknot did and that was wild because i was like all right slipknot me (laughs) how does that make sense it doesn't (laughs) um but i mean it was really cool like the first festival we we played um Simple Plan was oh, there. Oh, dude. And I got to sing with them. Really? Uh, yeah, I sang Jet Lag with them. Dude, that's it was really awesome. cool. Um, yeah. That was really cool. I um, hadn't listened to that song in like probably since like 2011. So, like, or whenever it came out, I can't, it was like a long time ago yeah. that song came out. Um, and I, I had to like relearn it that day. I had like two hours to learn it again. Yeah. So I I, uh, I went on stage and I sang that with them and it was really cool because I was like, this is a band I've looked up to and like physically remember like watching their videos on like MTV. Yeah. When and you would have yeah when you would have TRL and you'd see a good Charlotte music video followed by a simple plan followed by yeah. a, a throwback to some forty one in the mm-hmm. early early two thousands like those were yeah. the good old days. It was insane and I mean like even you know I love the band I Prevail and like being on the same lineup as them too and like I mean there's a lot of bands that I really love like San Atlantic is a pop punk band I really love. Um, I'm trying to think of like the big artists, um, Evanescence. I mean, that's crazy just to even like see my name and like them on the same like little banner. Yeah. Machine Gun Kelly. That was really cool. Oh, what, we is played... his, what is his show like? Because he's another artist. Talk about fusion and just having different chapters within his career from I mean, rap it's... to rock to this to that. Like he's all over the place. I mean, it's a rock show yeah. now. It's really cool. And he like, I mean, he's kind of crazy. He like climbs on like all of the um like the stage setups and oh, stuff really? yeah he's like pretty crazy but um yeah i mean it, it's really cool like mod sun just people that you, i would have never ever thought in a million years i would be remotely even on this close to yeah in, in person you know that's wild i'm playing the same stages and stuff yeah. as them which so is got, really cool so, so i gotta ask some some pennsylvania questions oh, so yeah. this is a big big one this is like <laughs> in jersey you have the division of Taylor Ham and Pork Roll and South and North Jersey fight over Central Jersey existing. Mm-hmm. In PA, you have Wawa and you have Sheets. 
I feel like you gotta be a Wawa girl, right? You're an Eastern PA. You're a Sheets girl. I'm a Sheets girl. I, I like Sheets too. <laughs> There's something through. about those dollar hot dogs. There's something about them. I swear, mac and cheese bites. Oh yes. Mac and cheese bites, Big Mots. Yes. There's nothing like it. You get a Sheets breakfast. You're or you get it's late night. You're driving through. You're driving on I-81. Or you're going mm-hmm. on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, and you see a Sheets. It's like three in the morning. It's like fuck. I'm tired. And you know you're gonna you gotta you got a clean bathroom. Clean and bathroom. You're, you're gonna get up there and you're gonna spend a couple minutes at the little order thing because you're like, do I want to get this? Do I want to mm-hmm. upgrade to the big tots? Do I want to do this? <laughs> do I want to do that? I fuck with Sheets. Sheets pretzels. I do. Uh, so good. I will say like. The, it's like um, the two hot dogs is always like my go-to yeah. or like the um, – I used to for a while I would get like um, like the wraps and stuff from there. But I will say I understand the argument of Wawa, but aesthetically and just like overall experience, Sheets is way better. Yeah, like, Hands down. You can't yeah, deny. Yeah, like COVID could have started in a Wawa bathroom. Like yeah. it's not – It the, looks it's, sterile. It's, it's a Jersey thing. Yeah. yeah. It's just – it's <laughs> – I'm so sorry to anybody who I love Wawa. I do. Okay. I went to Kutztown university. We had a Wawa very near, but I like every time I go in there, I'm like, why does this like, it just is bland. Yeah. It's not as exciting as she does. Yeah, so my yeah, so my family lives in Delaware now. Okay. Um they they just moved down from New York to Delaware full time. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was I was up there with Nikki T. I took him up there back in I want to say it was like April or March or somewhere, May, all the fucking days and months playing mm-hmm. to each other now. And we stopped at a Wawa on our way out, and it was the most chaotic experience I've had. I'm from New York. I yeah. know chaos. Yeah. Like I've, <laughs> I've been to, I've also been to a Bucky's, which Bucky's is a whole other animal. I've been to a Bucky's on a Sunday after church. Yeah. Like not, not I wasn't in church, but they were in church mm-hmm. coming out of it, and there's just people everywhere. Being at that, um, at that fucking Wawa, it was just chaos and chaos. just people running everywhere. The folks weren't very friendly at the counter. You could tell the people, the cook, the person behind the <laughs> counter was supposed to be making the hoagies, yeah. popped out to smoke a cigarette, oh, like Lord. just and backing up the line and everything. Yeah. And then um did, did you spend a lot of time going to Philly as a kid? Um not really, because we I mean, we were definitely closer. We were like kind of in the middle. Like we were we would go to Harrisburg and like I would go to Philly more so when I was in college, like for shows and things like yeah. that. So you've, um, been, you've been to the Milk Boy and TLA and all those places? Yeah. So yeah. we actually played TLA. Um, and I cool. was like, it was insane. Yeah. It was so cool. And Philly is always just like crazy. And like that strip, it's a free for all. Like there were people literally driving their four wheelers downtown. Yeah. And like I walked outside because I had to leave early. Um, both of my bandmates are also from Philly. So like my whole my whole camp we're all from Pennsylvania except for my tour manager she's from Baltimore. So Which we're all like pretty North, much that's, it is that's Philly. also northeastern mid-Atlantic trash. We're all yeah, cousins here. We are, we're yeah, all yeah, yeah, we're yeah, all, yeah. We're all like related some way shape or yeah. form. And so um like it I mean even that cuz I you know I would go and I would go see shows. I remember I went to go see like Tyler the Creator and Kid Cudi, like what shows a show. like that. It was wild. I mean, like what a ticket. that was. Yeah, it was very <laughs> wild. And like for like a little college girl, like going to see something like that in Philly and like not knowing anything really about it. Yeah. Other than like I've been, I've like driven through. You know, was really wild. But like 
walking outside after that show, I was like, this is like a thousand times more crazy than even being at that concert. Yeah. Yeah. My first time, my one of my first country shows that I got to go like, because I went to a lot of shows working, working in radio where you mm-hmm. get spoiled and you get to do a lot of cool shit. Yeah. You don't make a lot of money, but you do it for the perks. You know, <laughs> yeah. you do it. For, it's like Michael Scott from The Office. Yeah, you, of course. you do it for the perks. Yep. And um, the first show that I got to go to as, as a radio guy with like a ticket hookup was, mm-hmm. it was FGL. No with, way. Colt Ford and Dallas Smith opening, mm-hmm. and it was at the Tower Theater in Upper Darby, yeah. PA. Mm-hmm. And I remember taking, we took the train in, we took the, from we took the the SEPTA or the PATCO or one of those. Uh-huh. And I remember being on being on this train. That was back when I was still drinking. I was just being drunk as fuck and being <laughs> like, "What is going on?" And then I went to a Mummers parade one time mm-hmm. on New Year's. You know, you're familiar with the Mummers stuff. Well, when all, everybody dresses up, it's like all the dude. Everybody dresses up in drag. Drag shows yes. are big in Philly, and they uh-huh. have the they have the gayborhood, which is the nicest part of Philly. Mm-hmm. Philly's a dumpster fire, but yeah. and and chaos. But like the but like the gayborhood is like the cleanest part. Just mm-hmm. like in Jersey, you have the Asbury Park, yeah. which is very very clean mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, Philly was just. And coming from New York, I was I always had my thoughts. Like I've never I'm never gonna go to an Eagles game because I'm a Giants fan. Yeah. But like, are you a big sports person or not? I really? am. I am. I'm. Um, more hockey than football. I mean, we, my boyfriend, he's, his family's like huge, like Steelers fans. Like okay, he, cool. He, so we'll, that's Raised Rowdy. We'll send, yeah. we have a bunch of black and yellow stuff because no Nikki T um, founded Raised Rowdy back in Pittsburgh. No way. That's so he's awesome. a, he's a Pittsburgh guy. So we'll, we'll hook him up with some, some black and yellow stuff where we keep everything in, in Steelers, pens and pirates colors. Did he cry when Ben Roethlisberger left too? I mean, yeah, he was upset. I mean, but he, Nikki's also in his forties, so he yeah. remembers like before Roethlisberger like got there. Yeah, he mm-hmm. remembers like the like the the Bill Cowher days and like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and that's how I felt watching Eli Manning. It's like yeah. that whole the era of watching football as a kid. Mm-hmm. All those guys are are gone now. You don't have Peyton and yeah, Eli Manning. Tom wild. Brady's even gone now. This is the first year without Tom Brady in forever. Yeah, Big Ben. He was. Um, he did you ever? We actually played at. Did you ever go to Milledgeville, Georgia? Did you ever play there? No. So we got to play at the club where he had his controversial incident. Oh, His word. bathroom incident. Uh-huh. Like he crashed his motorcycle and shit. Yeah. Yeah. That big Ben, he's a character. Yeah. My my boyfriend, I've I've never seen him cry, and he cried when Ben Roethlisberger. Does he have a terrible towel? Does he have he one did, of his I mean, they're ones? just like, they're diehard fans. Like, I mean, through and through. Like, they, I mean, even pretty much with like all of the Pittsburgh sports, they're huge Penguins fans too, which yeah. I love because... I'm a Penguins fan. You are okay. I am. So I'm, I'm glad time. you picked. As I'm a, I'm a Rangers fan, and then what's nice about us being from the Northeast, mm-hmm. we can pull for our teams, but we can also pull for the Preds because the, they're yeah. because they're Western Conference. Uh-huh. So there's no conflict. They play each other twice a year, yeah. unless they both make it to the Cup, which doesn't usually but happen. Like for some reason, though, like <sighs> I love Nashville so much, but when whenever the Penguins play here, they like treat us like we're their worst enemy well yeah go because of the the stanley cup in yeah. 20 in 2018 that was the closest they've co- that was the closest, the closest a nashville team has come to winning a title since the titans back in the 90s like they would they were there and that were you, so you were in nashville at that time I like i was i think i was yeah i just moved here yeah because that summer and that was the so i moved that fall mm-hmm. that summer was when you had cma fest and the stanley cup at the same time yeah and it had, was wild and then you had bonnaroo going on down the road uh-huh. all at the same time i remember it was just chaos i remember i was at um i think it was martin's barbecue it was like one of the last um like the one of the last playoff games between them and it was like a it was very close, and I think it was Sidney Crosby scored, and you couldn't hear a pin drop 
in that place. Everybody was just like so mad. And I was kind of drunk and I was like, whoa. <laughs> Everybody just turned around. They looked at me and they're just like giving me that death That's glare. That's funny, yeah. Like, you're going to die. Yeah, one of my favorite stories from when I was at Whiskey Row, because um, I was a door guy there. I went from being in a, in a radio station and working like 5Ks and talking to soccer moms mm -hmm. and being like, here's the new song from Taylor Swift on Magic 98.3 yeah. to working the door at Whiskey Row. So I saw uh -huh. a lot of shit. I yeah. saw Broadway. The worst, the worst sides of people come out on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And there was um, a lot of teams when they come to play the Preds or come to play the Titans, they'll come in a day or two early mm -hmm. to go out in Nashville. Yeah. And there was one day, it was like a Monday night or a Tuesday night, and there happened to be a lot of like Canadian people in town for something. Mm -hmm. And I remember everybody just looking around, like being like, oh, sh I was like, oh shit, who's here? And I turn around, and the entire Penguins team is in Whiskey Row. <laughs> And I remember um, my security, my, my, our lead Jay at the time was like, Hey, so make sure nobody fucks with these guys. Like mm -hmm. the, they're, they're our guests, like yeah. treat them well. They're, they're good. And I remember Crosby had to go to the bathroom on the first floor. Oh, and wow. I remember having to stand outside of the door to make sure none of these Canadians went in mm -hmm. and like freaked out on him. Cause he's like a God up there yeah, to the Canadian is. folks. I mean, he's and a God to a lot of hockey yeah, fans. He said the kid. Here. Yeah. He said the kid. Yeah. He's, he's the guy. <laughs> he's the guy. Um, but I remember like what and they were all they were all really nice and mm -hmm. very like him, Malkin. Those are some big yeah. motherfuckers. Mark Andre Fleury was on the team back then. Oh like my God. it was that that golden that golden era of the pens mm -hmm. from like cause that was twenty that was like the winner going into twenty nineteen. So yeah. when he went to the Knights, it was the saddest thing. Yeah. Ever. And then he had success with the Knights. He did, he did. And it was like but it was kind of messed up how they did it. Like I don't know if you watched that game at all. Um, no. When they played the Penguins, it was like his his first time back to Pittsburgh after he'd left, and um, they like right before they started the game, they had like an ode to Flurry, yeah. and they had like all of these like videos of him playing, and he was crying. I'm like, what a way to get into somebody's head. Like yeah. this man didn't want to leave. He wanted yeah. to stay, but I mean. He he did really really good. I think he might be like a free agent or something now. So you're a big hockey fan. I am. I love I, that. I, I, That's I am, awesome. Yeah, I, I do love hockey very much. What are some other things that you're like? Some other like interests that people would be um, like? Oh, I wouldn't expect Taylor Acorn to be interested in this. Like skating makes sense. Like, yeah, skating You look like makes a girl sense. that knows how to ride a longboard. Like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, I. I like. I'm sure a lot of people know this. I'm really into fitness. I've, okay. Like, I have been for a while. Track and field girl makes I, sense. I ran track and field. Um, one thing that a lot of people might not know, though, um, is that I bodybuilded for a decent amount of time. Like, really? I competed. Yeah. What was that like? It was weird. It was that's really a whole, weird. That's a whole culture and a whole world within itself. It is. And um, it was really interesting because I... My brother, he also works in like the fitness industry, I guess. Yeah. He um he does like marketing and stuff. I think does marketing. Honestly, I don't really know what his job title yeah. is, but he <laughs> works for US Nutrition and they have like um metrics and like pure protein and all that stuff. So like he would go to the Arnold Classic a lot of the times for like his booth there. And um it was cool because I was working for this woman. Her name was Jan Tana, and basically she created like the OG spray tan for bodybuilders. Wow. So I like would go and that's kind of how I started getting into it. Um, I would go and I would like glaze bodybuilders. It's just like put oil <laughs> on them. And it was really weird. Like that looking back little, on it. Be, that had to be a little awkward at times. It was, how old it was were you like when you really were doing weird. That? Um, I was probably like 21, 21. 
It was weird. Just glazing all these Just steroided. Just glazing the steroids. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them are a lot shorter than you would think they are. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them are foreign, too. Um, and, like, so they, like, I'd be glazing them. And they'd be, like, saying, like, weird things to me in, like, a different language. And I'm like, this is really awkward. But um, I, and I would, like, work the booth for Jan, too. Like, I would model or whatever. And um, I started kind of getting more into the scene. I, I knew, like... I'd met a lot of people, um, in that world and, you know, obviously started competing and stuff and doing all of that and training a lot. And I, you know, was at that time I was like going to get like my personal training certification and everything like that. And so that's like a weird part of my life, but I've always kept fitness yeah. in my life. I can, I can see like that. A, I can tell oh, that you work out you. and that you, and that you, <laughs> and that you run. And I've recently gotten back into it because no my way. girlfriend's really into fitness. And mm -hmm. then my, my sister went to Scranton and got her, got her doctorate in physical therapy mm -hmm. and everything. And she works at a yeah. physical therapy thing and does like CrossFit and does like, what is it? Is it the Murph? Is that the big workout thing that people yeah. do like around Memorial day or something? Yeah, it's really so hard. There's all those. Yeah. Like she does all that kind of shit and she'll mm -hmm. go and like run a 5k like that. And then my brother was a track guy. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think he's doing the, um, the Philly marathon coming oh, that's up because cool. his, his girlfriend was a runner too. And mm -hmm. she was like, yeah, I'm doing it. And, um, and he, like, he was saying something to my parents about it mm -hmm. and was like, yeah, I'm doing it, but he won't do it with me. And he was like, Oh fuck it. I'll do it. And it's like, how can you just say, Oh fuck it. I'll do it. I'll and do then just go marathon. do a marathon. Like, like how that's can, insane. Like everybody else's, every other sports punishment is running. Yeah. And that's what your sport was. It were, literally were, was. Were you distance or were you like short, I was, short distance or what? The furthest I would run was like a 400 meter. Okay. Um, I like in high school, it was weird. I was like one of those, um, <laughs> sounds like so cocky to say I was like one of those uh, like athletes that they would kind of stick in whatever event if they wanted points. Yeah. Um, but I had done track pretty much my whole life. Like my dad was a really, like really good track athlete and he got me in it when I was really, really young. Like I started when I was like six years old. Wow. Um, and we would do like, um, as club track. So we would go at this time, like I, we had lived in Seattle, like a suburb of Seattle when I was like young until it was like 11. Um, and we would go and we would do like meets in like Seattle and we do kind of like all over, like. Tacoma and stuff like that. And um, so I started when I was really, really young. And so I kind of like going into high school, I kind of like knew how to do everything. And like obviously being from such a small town, like they don't take it as seriously there as like they would in the, in like the club track that I was in previous yeah. to. And um, I don't know. It was... Yeah, I, I kind of did a little bit of everything. I did like the 100, 200, 4x4. Four 4x4 four. Four four was like a big thing yeah. um, for me. And then 4x1 also. And then um, my events were usually like the one, the two. And then my senior year, I started doing 300 hurdles. And I found out that like I was really good at those. <laughs> well, yeah, you're tall. You can, yeah. You can jump. <laughs> yeah. And um, so that year I went to... Um, I had... Honestly, it was kind of funny because I had never done them before. And my coach put me in them because... It was either I did that or I ran the 400. And at the time, my cousin, being in a small town, you go to school with all of your cousins yeah. and your siblings, like everyone. Yeah. And um, my cousin was really, really good at the 400. And obviously, you have some like family rivalry there. Yeah. And I did not want to lose. And I knew that she would have beat me if I would have done the open four. So I, um, I decided to do the 300 hurdles. And they put me 
in a heat. I'll never forget. It's, it was like at our league meet. And it was like all of the schools that we would race all year round were in one meet together. And um, <laughs> they put me in a, meet, in a heat with one other girl. And I ended up winning like the whole thing. Like, oh, I beat was it everyone. girls and guys? <laughs> no, I mean, it was just girls, okay. like for the girls. They put yeah. me in with one other girl because they didn't know like what my time was. I ended up winning. I, I qualified for districts. And then districts, I ended up getting first. And then I went to states and I got third. No shit. And I was like, I wish I would have been doing this my yeah. whole like four years of high school. No like that would have been really dope. But um, when I went to college, obviously, I um, I kind of did like still did like the four by four, still did like those races and things like that. Yeah. But um, they put me in the pentathlon and the heptathlon, Ooh. which was a lot. Yeah. And then I did the 400 hurdles. Yeah. Did you ever go to the the place in New York City? Where the, they have the really high, like, embankments. Uh, is it the armory? I forget what they call the it. The armory? Is it the armory or something? Mm -hmm. Some of my brother used to have to go and do that all the time. No, like, I never got to do like that. Like, the indoor track stuff where it's, like, the running and they have, like, the... Oh, yeah, the like, goes up. And stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, that's world. insane. Like, how do people do this? Um, so what do you got coming up as far as music? So your last release was back in April, and mm -hmm. you've been just running all over the fucking... Mm -hmm. All over the road. You've got the headlining tour coming up in the fall. Yep. What do we got as far as, as, far as music coming? Because I know you... I know as a... Like knowing you now, mm -hmm. the writing doesn't stop. The creativity doesn't stop. The thinking about songs in your head and being mm -hmm. like, I want to record this. I want to put this out. I, I want to tease this on yeah. socials. Like that doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you got something cooking in the kitchen. I do. Um, so I have, a, I have a really cool feature coming out um, this next month in August. Hell yeah. Um, it's... It's really cool. I think it's really cool. I, I hope that other people think it's really cool, too. Um, I have that coming out. And then I have finished writing an album. Let's go. Yes. That's fucking um, awesome. Albums are not easy, but they're so much fun when you get to have a whole group of songs together. Yeah. And, I mean, I, you know, obviously, it's been a really long time since I put out, like, a full project of just my own stuff like literally since 2017 since then it's been like singles and then I've done like you know like a cover I did like a cover EP things like that um and so this is like the first time where I have like a group of songs that I'm just like so proud of and I'm really excited for people to hear them and it's like I it's it's me and I finally found my sound and it's fun and it's depressing and it's like all of the emotions in just one project and it's hopefully gonna come out in september hell yeah <laughs> let's go yeah breaking news that's awesome breaking news super yeah. super excited for you and yeah i really i really appreciate you coming on and hanging no, and, thank you so much for I, having me and i figured we get along you being a pa being a pa girl and and, and a rock a rocker hey. a rocking country chick <laughs> who does a little bit of both and Literally. and all that and we actually do in the, um, I know you'll be busy in the fall, we're mm -hmm. going to be doing, so we do our a butt rock night. I love that. At Live Oak. Mm -hmm. Do you know do you know Mikey Anger and Dean Purificato or any of those guys? They used to be on the road with Tyler Braden. They play downtown all the time, or like Jamie Colazzo or any of those dudes. I'll be honest, I am like the worst Nashvillian ever because I like 
know no one. Okay. So <laughs> we have some buddies that all came up out of, and funny enough, Mikey's from Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and Dean is from Connecticut. So they're other Northeastern all guys. And like I forget where, I forget yeah. where Jamie's from, but they're all rock guys. So what that. we do, and it started as a, as a, as an idea when we were all really high going mm-hmm. down to Key West, we had a layover, a layover in Atlanta. We are like, <laughs> why don't we do a butt rock night? Like, why don't we just do a, a night of, or it's like, so we have a, they play in the house band and mm-hmm. then we have artists hop up and sing butt mm-hmm. rock songs. So it's like Creed, Limp Bizkit. Everybody just sings once. It's like the emo nights that they do at we places. <laughs> so that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like you sing, like, like you get up there and, and just do that. So we'll let you know when that is. And if you're in town, you want to do it. It's at live. So it's just you hop up and you rock out and the whole night. Like we had Austin Snell do it. We've had Ella Langley, Josh Ross, like a bunch, all country. Kind of like an emo artists. night? Like an emo night, but it's nothing, we call it nothing but, like, but, but rock. rock. Okay. So like I have a nickelback, I have a nickelback hockey jersey that I wear for it. <laughs> like we go all into it. Dean and Mikey wear like they have like the um like they look, they look like they're mannequins at Hot Topic. I love like, that. They have like CDs hanging mm-hmm. off the chain wallet. Like he had like a Creed CD hanging off a chain wallet, and he's wearing like the dark out like Django jeans yeah. and like all that shit oh so we're, we're big into all that stuff and love what you do and oh, very well, excited for the so music much. to come and we thank love spitting you. the shit out of the music that you got out well, where can people go to find you on all the all the socials and website and all that shit where can you find me yeah where can you find where, um, where can we find you aside you from sitting me? right here on the couch now <laughs> uh maybe like hiding behind tree outside or something yeah. <laughs> um no um you can catch me on tiktok at taylor acorn one because they won't let me have my actual name really tiktok yeah, we gotta been... fix that we gotta fix that she's been huge for your algorithm a huge <laughs> artist coming out on the platform give give the girl her name mm, come on so, yeah, give me my name come on <laughs> no um it's actually been kind of funny because like it's just been like a running joke from from like when i started i was like they won't give me my name i don't know why um but yeah you can catch me on tiktok um keep up with me on spotify it's just taylor acorn uh youtube all that good stuff do you tweet? apple musics i do, do i do th- tweet do you thread some would say yeah i attempt yeah threads but is I'm different not, it's weird it's different it is like i feel like and i guess twitter's not even twitter anymore it's x i just elon, noticed that today. elon elon's doing some crazy shit i just noticed that today <laughs> i was like what can I swear? Yeah, Am you I can allowed? swear. You can say like, whatever you want. What the fuck is X? Yeah. I was like, I didn't download this. And then I clicked on it and it was Twitter. Like it was like the whole Twitter yeah, it format. Dirty. And I was like, it's what like, is it's, happening? It sounds like a dirty app, but it's just Twitter. I mean, it is. Yeah. Like but where's the little bird? I know. The Twitter community that I have is they're like, they're, they're pretty unhinged. And so I like on there, I, I feel like I can be like my full self. Let's Threads, go. I'm still like. I don't know. It I'm feels treading like, the water there. Because it feels like your Instagram audience on there, which yeah. your Instagram audience and your Twitter audience, which are both different from your TikTok audience, yeah. like every app's a little bit different. Yeah. And I mean, I, I try to like be as authentic as possible on, on Instagram and stuff, but obviously like, I mean, it, it's hard because a lot of the times you show like your best highlights of your life. Yeah. And on Twitter, I'll be like, I mean, I'll just say whatever, you know, Did you tweet comes today? to my mind. No, I did. I, like I literally right before I came on here, I clicked on the X thing because I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> but now I know it's Twitter, uh, and I'm, well, we will my, follow. We will follow you I on. I tweet on something. X. Yeah, we, yeah, about we'll fo- this. We'll, about this or about yeah. X or like, what is this? Yeah, <laughs> what is this? That's it awesome. Well, really appreciate you coming on, and happy Thank to have you, you as a part of our 
outside the round, Ray's Rowdy family. Always good, though. Happy to be here. Very happy to be here. Thank you so much for asking me to join. Awesome. Well, guys, be sure to check out our girl, Taylor Acorn. Uh, Be sure to go check out her dates in the fall. She's going to be coming to a city near you and got some new music coming. So y'all be sure to follow her on all the socials. Also, be sure to check out our friends, of course, from Big Friendly Productions, Whale Tail Media, Saxman Studios, and our boy Mitch Wallace with The Digital Marketing Agency. You want to know more about us and what we do here at Outside the Round, visit RaisedRowdy.com. For our girl, Taylor, for old sweet boy behind the camera, I'm Matt Burrell, and this has been Outside the Round. Come on. One place for too long I ain't never been the best at saying I love you to a girl I love Only got a couple tricks on my sleeve They usually just make them leave So if you